We have heard it with our ears, O oh God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. With your hand, you drove out the nations and planted our ancestors. You crushed the peoples and made our ancestors flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob. Through you we push back our enemies. Through your name we trample our foes. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God we make our boast all day long. And we will praise your name forever. now you have rejected and humbled us you no longer go out with our armies you made us retreat before the enemy and our adversaries have plundered us you gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations you sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbors, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. The people shake their heads at us. I live in disgrace all day long, and my face is covered with shame. At the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. All this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you. We had not been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. But you crushed us and made us a, a haunt for jackals. You covered us over with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God have discovered it, since he knows the secrets of our heart? Yet for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, Lord! Why do you sleep? Rouse yourself! Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. 
rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. Psalm 44 that you just heard is what we call a psalm of lament. And we call it a psalm of lament because it's one of those psalms where the writer of the psalm cries out to God, lamenting the situation and the circumstance, the season of life that he's in. And when you read the psalm, the first eight verses of that psalm are are, are kind of a jubilant psalm of praise. He talks about the victories that God had given the people of Israel, how he would go out with their armies and his presence was felt and known and tangible. And and it crescendos, right, in verse 8, where it says, in God we make our boast all day long. We praise your name forever, right? And so the psalmist in that moment says, there's so much that we could praise God for. And yet in verse 9, the tone of the psalm changes. And the psalmist then says, but now you've rejected us and you've humbled us. And he goes on to lament a season where it doesn't feel like God is present. In fact, at one point he says, God, are, are you asleep? Why don't you rouse yourself? Why don't, why don't you come to our aid? And part of what I think is so powerful about a psalm of lament is that it walks us through a journey that I think mirrors a lot of our stories. We have experienced seasons of life that are really good and rich and seasons of life where the goodness of God is just so evident and so tangible. Seasons where you just feel and see and experience God's blessing in real tangible ways. The the seasons of life where it's really easy to praise God. And and yet we experience seasons of life like the latter half of the psalm that that are hard, that are challenging. Seasons of life where God's goodness doesn't seem as apparent. And in those seasons, it's a lot harder to respond with praise. In those seasons, I think we often find ourselves doubting and questioning God. And so the question that I want to push into today is this. How do we navigate hard seasons? Seasons where there's problems and trials. How do we navigate those? Without having our faith fall apart on the one hand or just being totally crushed and defeated on the other. How do we navigate this in a healthy, spiritually rooted and centered way? Because part of what I think is seen in Psalm 44 is that in hard seasons of problems and trials, I think it can push us to question God. And and we watch the psalmist do this, right? And so in the seasons of of our life where where there's hard circumstances, we can often question God in in several ways. I'm going to list three that I think are apparent in Psalm 44. I think often in hard circumstances, we find ourselves questioning God's purpose. Right? And in Psalm 44, 9 through 12, I think the psalmist questions God's purpose. What, what are you doing, Lord? Verse 9, he says, but you've rejected us. You've humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemies. Our, our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep. You've scattered us among the nations. Verse 12, you sold out your people for repentance, gaining nothing from the sale. Right? And, and so the psalmist ends this chunk of Psalm 44 by, by saying, Lord, you sold us out. And not only did you sell us out, you didn't even get that much for us. And, and it's this moment where the psalmist is questioning, God, what are you up to? Why would you lead your armies to a place of defeat? And, and maybe you've experienced a season of life where you're going, God, I don't understand your purpose in this. I don't know what you're doing. Sometimes we, we not only question God's purpose, sometimes we question the, God's presence at all. Right? Notice what the psalmist says in verse 23 and 24. He says, awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Have you ever had a season of life that's so challenging and difficult that you go, God, are you even here? Are you even present? God, are you asleep? 
He says, rouse yourself, don't reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? And what the psalmist is wrestling with is, Lord, I don't feel your presence. It doesn't seem like you're near. And so in hard situations and hard circumstances, not only are we tempted to doubt God's purpose, we doubt God's presence. I think sometimes too, we doubt God's provision. The psalmist ends Psalm 44 with this cry of, Lord, help us. In verse 26, he says, rise up, help us, rescue us because of your unfailing love. And the tone, the sense that you get from the psalm is a place of desperation. Lord, would you rise up? Lord, would you, would you help us? And yet the previous last 12, 15 verses were, Lord, it doesn't seem like you're here. Can your provision come through? Can you see us through this challenging place? And part of what I think is, is, is so detrimental in these moments is, is what happens when we doubt God's purpose and his presence and his provision. What happens is slowly we begin to let our circumstances define God's character. And so we hit a hard season where our circumstances are challenging and we go, our circumstances are hard. Therefore, God must not be present and God must not be good. But church, this, this, this is a temptation we have to resist. We need to remain rooted in the truth of God's word and let God's character redefine our circumstances. Our circumstances can never define God's character. Last week, Pastor Steve talked all about the goodness of God. And church, I love this. If God is unchanging and God is fully who he is and is is steadfast, which is true in the scriptures, right? That means God is good regardless of circumstances. That means God is good all the time. And so we need to enter hard circumstances, not saying what do our circumstances tell us about God, but what does God tell us about how we can engage difficult seasons? Does that make uh, sense? The difference there? Trust that God is good even in hard seasons and let his character redefine our circumstances and our response to our circumstances. I think the second temptation in hard circumstances is this. When we doubt God's purpose and his presence and his provision, what happens is I think a sort of breakdown in faith and a breakdown in trust. And we go, God, I'm not sure if I can trust you. And so what happens is our temptation is to trust our own strength and to search for safety in what we can do and in what we control. If I can't trust God, I'll just try to take control of my own circumstances. I'll do what I need to do and and I'll try to find a way through. And yet, if you're like me, you've encountered some circumstances in your life where you go, I can't do this. I can't navigate this on my own. I, I, I don't have the strength. I don't have the wisdom. Lord, I can't do this. And we're stuck in this place where we're going, I don't see God's presence. And yet I need to find a way through. How do we navigate this? And that's what I want to push into today. And to do that, I want to jump forward a couple chapters to Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is a picture of truth and trust in the middle of hard seasons. And what strikes me is that in Psalm 44 and in Psalm 46, actually the situation of the psalmist is relatively similar. Both of them are in hard moments. Both of them are in seasons of battle where they feel like they're going to be overwhelmed. And and here's what I love about the beauty of, of scripture, church. I love that both Psalm 46 and Psalm 44 are in the truth of God's word. Because what Psalm 44 teaches us is that it's healthy and it's okay and it's good to lament. It's okay to have a moment in a hard season where we cry out before God, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I don't understand what's happening in my life. I don't understand how to navigate these circumstances. Because when we cry out to God with lament in the biblical sense, we open up that place of suffering through an act of surrender and crying out to God saying, Lord, would you be at work here? And so I love what Psalm 44 teaches us about honestly bringing those things before God. 
and knowing that God is big enough to handle our anger and frustrations, and yet God is righteous enough that he doesn't let us stay there, and he transforms us and redeems us through his grace to be a a people who can surrender those circumstances to his trust, to his faithfulness, to his character. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, notice how the psalmist describes what's happening here. In, in verse 2, he says, we're not going to fear even though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. He says, the waters are roaring and foaming and the mountains are quaking with their surging. And, and so the psalmist describes this place where the world is in tumult around him, right? The, the mountains are firm and steadfast. Mountains don't move, Right? So when he talks about the mountains falling into the heart of the sea, the psalmist is using poetic language to say, I'm in a place where it feels like my world is coming apart. And he says the waters are roaring. and It's this place of uncertainty. It's a place where for the psalmist, the things that were steadfast, the things that shouldn't be moved are moving and falling and giving way. And it feels like the world is coming apart around him. His life is coming apart around him. And not only that, but as he looks at things around him, look at verse six. Not only is there maybe some personal turmoil in his life, but in verse six, he describes political turmoil. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms are falling. And so the psalmist is in this place where he's going, man, things that I thought were firm and steadfast are giving way. And and when I look at the world around me, nations are, there's political upheaval and you get a sense of, of the invitation to be overwhelmed that the psalmist might have. And yet right away in verse two, he says, But therefore, we will not fear, right? And and you know the adage, when you see a therefore, you should ask what it's there for, right? So the reason the psalmist doesn't fear is back in verse one. So here's the thing, church. This This is the first big point. How do we navigate hard seasons? Number one, we need to hold to the biblical truth of God's presence. That even in hard circumstances, God has not abandoned us, that God is present in the middle of those things. That God is faithful and steadfast, So notice what the psalmist says. Psalm 46, verse one. Alan, if we can put that back on the screen. He says, God is. And here's the thing. He begins with this declaration of God's character. Church, I think in hard circumstances, it's really important for us to go back to scripture and say, who does scripture declare God to be? Because what happens is when I hit hard circumstances, I start to let my circumstances define God's character, not the psalmist, right? The psalmist declares, God, this is who you are. And notice what he says. He says, God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is an ever-present help. But here, Psalm 46 has long been one of my favorite Psalms, by the way. And one of the things I noticed this week, I hadn't ever 
really notice it to this extent is, is right at the end of verse one, this psalmist includes these two little words that I think are really powerful. He says, God is our refuge. He's our strength and ever present help. But look at where God is those things in trouble. And, and, and here's what I wrestle with. When I encounter trouble, when I encounter hard circumstances, a lot of the questions I ask are, God, where are you? God, what are you up to? And the psalmist declares, listen, God is a refuge. God is our strength. God is ever present. God brings help right in the midst of trouble. Here's what I wrestle with though. Is I often want God to deliver me out of my circumstances. Lord, take the trouble away. And often what I see in my life is God doesn't take the trouble away. What he says is, Aaron, if you'll trust me, if you'll walk with me, I'll be a refuge, strength, and ever-present help right in the midst of your troubles. I won't necessarily deliver you out of them, but I will deliver you through them. And in my mind, it feels like a contradiction to say that there can be a refuge in trouble. Doesn't that seem like a contradiction? And yet the the hope there is that right in the middle of challenging things, that God can bring peace, that God can bring comfort, that God can be a refuge of protection right in the middle of trouble. And, And I don't know about you, when I face hard circumstances, there's often this moment where I go, Lord, I, I, I can't do this on my own. And what I love about the truth of Psalm 46 verse one is that it says, God will bring strength. God is a refuge. God is our strength. And so we don't have to be strong enough or capable enough to power through hard seasons on our own. I think we need to surrender to the truth and the power of God's presence and say, Lord, I need you to be my strength for me. And I love that it says that God is ever present in trouble. Because that that for me is one of the hardest things that I struggle to trust. In, in trouble, I, I go back to Psalm 44 and I go, God, are you awake? God, have you rejected me? Where are you? And yet Psalm 46 reminds us, no, that God is ever present. He's never turned his back on us. He is always faithful to his people. And, and I think, church, we need to remain rooted in the truth and the reality of God's presence for us. I think the challenge is that we can get so fixated on our problems that we forget the reality of God's presence. That we can get so fixated on what's broken that we get distracted at the reality that God is present right there with us. And and what this is, church, is it's a distortion of our perspective. The more fixated I become on my problems, the larger they seem and the more distant and the more small God is. That's not truth. That is a distortion of reality. The truth is that God is present right there in the middle of it. And we have to be careful not to fixate on our problems so much that we become distracted from the reality of God's presence. I, I, I don't preach these things because I have to. This is something that to the core of me, I believe. I feel like the last four years, life has repeatedly kind of punched me in the face. Like you, 2020 was not fun, right? And it wasn't fun for any of us. It made our jobs more challenging. It made life more challenging. It made ministry more challenging. People were more aggressive and angry and, and there were more just things that came to the surface and 
like you, it was a difficult year. Coming out of that, I had a nephew diagnosed with a cancerous brain tumor. And this last summer, I watched cancer take my dad's life unexpectedly. So I don't, I don't stand here saying this as someone who goes, this is what I have to say. I stand here as someone saying this who goes, if this isn't true, I don't know what is. I stand here as someone saying, this is the thing that I have to cling to, just like you in the middle of hard seasons. I am not exempt from this. And so when I look at this in a season like that, that I've just walked through, I go, Lord, I need you to be my refuge. I need you to bring, be my strength because I can't face what's in front of me, Right. And then I asked those questions, God, where are you? Why did you do this? Why now? Why? I asked all of the questions. And when I came back to it, it had to be this. I, I don't know why. But I do know that he hasn't forgotten. That he is a refuge. That he is a strength. That he is an ever-present help right in the middle of that trouble. And in ways I don't even totally know how to put words to. I have encountered God as a refuge in ways that I never have before. Because it was a place of total desperation and reliance. God, I need you. The truth of this scripture, church, is so vitally important that in the middle of hard things, we need to remain rooted in the truth of this. That God is ever present, that he's a refuge, that he's our strength. Notice how the psalmist comes back to this, Psalm 46. This is a theme of repetition throughout the psalm. It's not just in verse one, right? But in verse four, he says, there's a stream, a river who uh, makes glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. And there's this reminder that God is dwelling in, with, and among his people. In verse five, God is within her, she will not fall. The writer of the psalm is talking about the city of Jerusalem that's under siege. He goes, God is present with us, we're not gonna fall. Yes, you're gonna, you're gonna face a challenge. Yes, you're gonna have battles, but God is present with his people. And notice he says, God will help her at break of day. Now, we, we hear break of day and we think of the sunrise and we imagine, well, break of day, that, that's the hopeful moment. Not in ancient times when you're under siege, break of day is when the battle commences, right? They don't have night vision goggles. They don't have street. They literally can't fight at night. Very rare for that to happen. Break of day is when the siege recommences and when the battle gets fierce. And what the writer of Psalm says is God is present with his people, dwelling with his people. God will help right where the battle gets fiercest. God has not forgotten his people. Verse seven, and this becomes the refrain of the, of the, of the psalm. The Lord Almighty is with us. And, and I love that there's this reminder that, Lord, that God is almighty. He is capable. He is powerful. And not only that, but he's present with his people. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. This, by the way, comes back and is the repetition and refrain of the psalm. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's almost like the psalmist knows that we need to be reminded over and over again that the presence of God is with and for his people. And, and, and here, here's the challenge, church. God is present even when the outcome isn't what we wanted.
Sorry, I didn't really want to be a mess today. And in those moments of recognizing and believing that God is present, even when the outcome isn't what we wanted, we have to trust the truth of his character and trust the sovereignty of God that even when he's doing something I don't understand, he's doing it for his good and for his glory, but also then for my good. And I don't understand it. I don't have the answer to those questions. And yet I look at Psalm 46 and I go, Lord, I know and I trust and I believe this to be true. That if you are an ever-present help, that even if the outcome isn't what I wanted, that you are still present and you are still moving and you are still working. And that, Lord, I believe and I trust. And two, part of what I'm, I'm learning and growing and understanding it is that our circumstances are part of God's formative work in us. E- even the hard moments. And this is what Pastor Steve talked about last week, Romans 8, 28. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are, co- are called according to his purpose. And if you remember what Pastor Steve talked about, when, when Paul says God works for the good of those, the word good literally means Christ-likeness, that God is working for our sanctification, that he is making us holy. He is forming and shaping us to more and more look like Christ. And, and I love what Paul says. He says, in all things, in, in the good things, in the bad things, God is forming and shaping us to be a people who more and more bear his image and bear his glory. And so our circumstances are part of the formative work that God is doing in us. Oswald Chambers, a pastor and a missionary, he said it this way. He said, it's misleading to imagine that we are developed in spite of our circumstances. He says, we're developed because of them. It's not in spite of them, it's because of them. In both good and hard moments, God is forming and shaping and doing something in us. And more and more, church, I'm learning what it means to, in the hard circumstances, in the hard seasons, to surrender to God's sovereignty and say, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. Help me, grace me enough just to walk with you faithfully through it. I know that you're faithful, but Lord, I struggle to be faithful. Would you grace me to walk through this with you? Would you be a refuge and a strength for me? Lord, you say you are an ever-present help in trouble. Lord, guide me through this and open my eyes to see where you're forming and shaping me in holiness, even in this hard season. And in that way, even the hard moments can be redemptive. And in that way, even the hard moments can teach us about God's faithfulness. Let me leave us with some real practical things. Navigating hard seasons. What are, what are some application points? What do we take from this? Let, let me give you five things. Number one, root your life in the truth of the word. When everything gets shaky, we have to go back to what is unshakable. And I go back to the truth of God's word and when everything is kind of giving way, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Go back to the truth of God's word. This is why three weeks ago, when we talked about God's word is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training, and righteousness, the importance of being rooted in God's word is because when everything starts to come apart, we have to root our lives in, in, in the truth of God's word that is unshakable and in the character of God that is unchanging. If God was faithful to the people of the Old and New Testament, God is faithful today still to his people. He will not abandon us. He will not leave us or forsake us. We have to trust his character. Secondly, refocus on God's presence rather than fixate on our problems. And man, I'm so bad at this. I have such a tendency to focus on the negative, such a tendency to focus on what's broken. I go right to the problem. 
right? And, and culturally, we like to say, well, I'm a you know, problem-oriented person that likes to find, so, and we like to sort of, we like to justify why we focus on what's broken. The reality is, church, sometimes I just struggle to trust God in those things. And so I'm so fixated on what's broken that I forget God's presence. The problem is when, when we focus on our problems and we forget God's presence, we're so prone to panic and we never make good decisions in a situation of panic. We have to refocus and say, Lord, I trust that you are present. And part of how we refocus on God's presence is by rooting our life in the word. There's moments in the last season of my life where things were so tumultuous and I just didn't understand what God is doing that I literally just came back to Psalm 46 and said, Lord, I don't get it, but I trust what verse one says, that you're a refuge, strength, ever present help. And that helped me to refocus my perspective back to the truth of who God is. Number three, recount God's faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. Because what happens is in a hard circumstance, it's really hard to see God's faithfulness. So look back on your life and remember the times when you saw God's faithfulness. That bill that you didn't know how you were going to pay that somehow God provided for. That moment when God showed up in a way that was unexpected. Look back on your life and remember those moments where God showed up and where you saw his, his goodness tangibly. I find for me, church, that in the moments where I want to doubt that, when I look back and I go, Lord, I remember your faithfulness here, and I remember it here, and I remember, it gives me courage to face the future because I know that the God who was faithful then is still faithful now and will be faithful into the future. Number four, we need to recalibrate our rhythms. And here's what I mean by that. Psalm 46, verse 10. God speaking to the people of Israel says this. He says, be still and know that I am God. I think church, for so many of us, when things get hard, we, we already live life at a crazy pace, right? It's hectic, it's fast. And then when things get hard, we sort of double down and we live life in overdrive. But I love that God in the middle of Psalm 4610, mountains falling into the heart of the sea, a difficult moment, God speaks to the people of Israel and he says, be still and know that I am God. Sit in the reality of God's presence. And church, what I want to suggest to us is we need to recalibrate our rhythms. Stop pushing it so hard, so fast, trying to take control of all of the things. And in the middle, where it's hardest and where the battle is fiercest, be still. Step back, acknowledge God's presence in intentional moments of prayer rooted in his word. And surrender that circumstance and that season to him and to the work that he wants to do in it. Finally, Rejoice in what God has done and what God is doing. And by rejoicing, I mean a response of gratitude and praise. Even in the hard season, if you don't know what to rejoice in, rejoice on where you've seen God at work in your life previously. If you don't know what to rejoice in, you don't know how to praise, go to the Psalms, find a Psalm of praise and just sing it out to him. Read it out to him. And if you're going, I'm struggling to believe it, read it and read it and read it until you come to own it for yourself. But rejoicing has a way of shifting our perspective off of everything that's broken onto God who can redeem even the most broken things. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. That as the psalmist says, he's in a season, Lord, where it feels like the earth is giving way and the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea and it feels like everything that was stable is giving way. And yet, Lord, there's verse one where he says that you are our refuge and strength, that you're an ever-present help in the middle of, of trouble. And so, Lord, we declare that today, that what scripture declares of you is, is true through and through and through, Lord. 
And so, Father, I pray for this congregation this morning. Whether they're here in the room, whether they're watching online, God, I know in a room this size that there are a lot of us carrying really heavy things. And I pray this morning, Lord, for those where the burden seems really daunting. I pray for those this morning who are walking through and mountain falling into the heart of the sea moment. I pray this morning for those who are doubting or questioning your purpose, your presence and your provision. God, I pray that the the truth of your word would break through in those moments and that we would know even in hard circumstances, Lord, that you're a refuge. And so Lord, right now, would you be a refuge for your people? I pray for the person wrestling with that really hard thing, that season, that moment, that circumstance. God, right now, would they experience your peace and your presence in a way that they don't even know how to put words to? Lord, would you in a tangible way be a refuge for them right in the middle of the trouble? God, I pray for the person who's looking at a future that they don't know and don't understand and maybe feels uncertain and they're going, I don't know how to navigate it. Lord, you are are said in Psalm 46, one, it is declared that God is our strength. And so Lord, for the thing that we're looking at that we don't know how to push through, Lord, would you be our strength and would you guide us through, Lord? Father, you are declared to be an ever-present help in the middle of trouble. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone believing the lie that you have abandoned or reject them, Lord, would they be rooted in the truth of your word that God is ever-present right in the middle of our trouble, that the Lord Almighty is with us, that the God of Jacob is our fortress. Lord, we trust that. We believe that today. Would you grace us to believe that for ourselves, Lord? And Father, would you show yourself mighty? And Father, even in the places where the outcome isn't what we want, Would you help us to trust that even then you can still redeem? We love you, Lord. We trust you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.